Are you ready to take your intermittent fasting lifestyle to the next level? There's nothing better than community to help with that. In the Delay Don't Deny community, we all embrace the clean fast, and there's just the right support for you as you live your intermittent fasting lifestyle. You can connect directly with me in the Ask Jen group, and I'll answer all of your questions personally. If you're new to intermittent fasting or recommitting to the intermittent fasting lifestyle, join the 28-Day Fast Start group. After your fast start, join us for support in the first-year group. Need tips for long-term maintenance? We have a place for that. There are many more useful spaces beyond these, and you can interact in as many as you like. Visit jenstevens.com community to join us. An annual membership costs just over a dollar a week when you do the math. If you aren't ready to fully commit for a year, join for a month, and you can cancel at any time. If you know you'll want to stay forever, we also have a lifetime membership option available. IF is free. You don't need to join our community to fast. But if you're looking for support from a community of like-minded intermittent fasters, we're here for you at jenstevens.com community. That's jenstevens.com community. Achieving my long-term goals is more about creating healthy habits and less about quick fixes. And that's why I love both intermittent fasting and daily harvest. Tim Spector, a gut health expert and founder of Zoe, and Dr. B, gastroenterologist and author of Fiber Fueled, recommend that you aim for at least 30 unique plant foods per week. Daily Harvest helps make it easy. One of my favorite options is the sweet potato and wild rice hash harvest bowl. With Daily Harvest, I'm getting tons of plant-based options built on organic fruits and vegetables that are easy to prep and free of weird ingredients such as fillers, seed oils, and added sugars. Create healthy habits that last with Daily Harvest. For a limited time only, go to dailyharvest.com ifstories to get $30 off your first box plus free shipping. That's dailyharvest.com ifstories for $30 off your first box and free shipping. Daily harvest.com slash is stories. Welcome to Intermittent Fasting Stories. I'm your host, Jen Stevens, author of the New York Times bestseller, Fast Feast Repeat, as well as the book that started it all, Delay Don't Deny. I lost over 80 pounds thanks to intermittent fasting after learning how to delay my eating rather than denying myself the delicious foods I want to eat. Now, Who's ready to hear an inspirational intermittent fasting story? That's why we're here. So let's get excited to talk to today's guest. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 320 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Sarah T. Sarah lives in Peyton, Colorado, where she is a mother of four who homeschools, homesteads, and also has a homemade soap and skincare business. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm so glad to talk to you. You are one busy lady. Yes, never bored. (laughs) Well, it's good stuff, though. I know that you are making lots of great memories Mm -hmm. with your kids. You're setting such a great example for them. I can only imagine what they're learning from you. (laughs) Well, you know, I like to start by asking, what brought you to intermittent fasting and when was that? Well, having many hobbies and doing what we do, I am a part of several different Facebook groups where 
you know, like gardening groups. I'm a part of the local Weston A. Price Foundation chapter homestead. I love Weston Price, by the way. Yes, me too. That is some of my favorite research to live by. For anybody who's not aware, Weston Price was a dentist. And I believe, was it the 1930s? He traveled the world with his wife and looked at people all over the world to see why did we in the Western world, you know, think you know, like United States, why do we have such terrible dental health? Uh-huh. And what, what was, what could he figure out? So he went around the world and he saw native populations in all these different areas with beautiful teeth and no dental problems. And so he basically summed it up as what we were eating. We were not nourishing our bodies very well. So yeah. And he <laughs> Would saw... you say that's a pretty good quick summary? Yeah. And that led him into noticing many more differences just in health in general and birth and pregnancy and cancer and all kinds of things that just had extremely different rates in those other other countries compared to America. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah. And I can't remember what group it was, but I was in one one of those groups one day in like the early fall of 2020 and somebody had made a post asking about something having to do with health and somebody in the comments suggested fasting and somebody else was like, Oh, that's just kind of a fad that's going around right now. And this person was pretty, they obviously very much believed in it. And they were like, you can take the chance to start or it's up to you. But she left your link to your delay deny support group that was on Facebook, not the advanced one, but the the other one. The big one. Yeah, it was huge. (laughs) I got curious uh, because I had heard about fasting some. I did not have a very good understanding of it at the time. I thought I was already fasting by not eating breakfast and drinking my coffee that had like coconut oil and butter and cream and (laughs) oh yeah, all the fats and stuff in it. But um I started searching around in your group and was amazed at many of the stories that I was seeing people share about their health transformations and um, their weight loss, of course. And I got very, I got intrigued enough to really start digging deeper. And um, I was like, well, I'm going to, I am going to start doing this. I'll try it. And I didn't tell my husband about it because I didn't want to tell him about something and then end up not doing it kind of thing. Cause I I've never been a big dieter, but I just didn't know if this was going to be something that was going to last or turn out to be something that didn't work. So I was just going to secretly do it. Um, but I was doing it without having read your book and, um, or either of your fasting books. And so I would say, the first couple of months was not clean fasting. So not fasting. Um, I was still drinking that coffee in the morning and I also found my way into your advanced group and I <laughs> still without having read either. Of yes. The books, I was are just, you coming clean on that? Yeah, I was just going to say, I have to apologize <laughs> to you for lying because 
<laughs> there was, well, I'm laughing so hard because that was the, you know, we, we wanted a place where everyone had the background knowledge because the big group, people just wandered in all the time. Like, like you did links, uh-huh. you know, from other groups, people were like, I'm going to go too. And then they would come in and then they'd be very argumentative because they're like, well, I saw a video that said that bulletproof coffee is fasting uh-huh. and you know, that we would have to say no. So that's why we started the advanced group for people who had all the background knowledge. Yeah. But <laughs> we know that you can, we had questions like, have you read the book? Either fast, feast, repeat, or yep. delay, don't deny. And tell us something you learned from that book. And yeah, people can fake their way in. I get yeah, it. Oh, I was a so weasel funny. and I faked my way in. And <laughs> But, you know, here's one thing, though. I knew that would happen, but it wasn't as big of a problem as it could have been because I know anyone who faked their way in wasn't going to argue because they pretended to have read the books. So they're not going to argue. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And I really didn't <laughs> say anything. I went in there because I wanted to see more. And I figured that I would gain more of an understanding just by getting in that group. And I was still like, I'm not going to read the book or anything. And eventually I was like, I really think I should just go ahead and read this because people were sharing stuff from your material that was so enlightening. It was because your book, especially Fast Feast Repeat, is so comprehensive and has so much information in it that really brings an understanding of how fasting works, why it works. And I definitely am a big reader. I love reading. I love absorbing information. And I just started to realize that your material probably isn't just a, one of the many other things that's out there that you could just read on the internet or watch a video on or something. I, I felt like I was actually missing out. So I went ahead and read it and I read it pretty quickly because as everyone says, you wrote it so well and it was so relatable and I just devoured the information. And of course I realized that I had not actually been fasting as well. And because that fast feast repeat gave me so much great information that was so convincing, I then decided to go ahead and share with my husband about it because I was getting so pumped like about all the science and everything. And so I shared lots of excerpts with him. And he was like, I think I want to do it too. <laughs> wow. See, and you're coming from a place of, of health, right? You, you wanted to do it for health reasons. You're already deep down that health rabbit hole. In some ways, yes. I mean, I have been for many years, had a life, had many lifestyle choices that are very healthy. However, the weight was, it had become a struggle because, um, you know, yeah. After my first kid, it came off quickly. After my second kid, it came off a little slower, but okay. And then the third, of course, harder. And then after the fourth, it was like, nothing's happening. And I'm even gaining weight so easily and I don't know what to do. And as other people say, everything I did before isn't working. And I never exercised like crazy or anything. I never was interested in that. And like you, I don't really lose weight from exercising anyway. And I've known that since I was a kid, because I was bigger than my friends. And no matter what I did, I never lost weight. I would ride my bike for miles and miles and miles. And I was just always still the same size. (laughs) 
So you you told your husband about it, and he was like, "I'm going to do it too." Now, did he need to lose any weight at all, or was he he's a healthy weight? Not really. He's probably like your Chad. Yeah, he's athletic and he's muscular. He might have had some thickness around the middle because he's always been a late night snacker, and he can eat so much food. I don't know how he eats as much food as he does without being much bigger than he is, but. Because of all the information I shared with him from your book that had to do with just health in general and everything that fasting does for the body, he just thought, why not? Like, this sounds really great. And so that's why he decided to join me. And we both started clean fasting together September of 2020. When was that? Oh, September of 2020? Yes. All right. So you didn't, you didn't go along too long with the, the not clean fast. No, it was a couple of, couple of months. And yeah, thankfully I didn't waste too much time on that because it definitely takes a lot more effort to quote dirty fast (laughs) than to clean fast. It really, really does. And anybody who's listening, if you're still not a believer, you know, in fast feast repeat, I have something I call the clean fast challenge. It's not going to hurt you to try it. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe you won't have that delicious whatever in your coffee, but try the clean fast. Give yourself the clean fast challenge and just, you're you're not going to go back. I've never had anybody tell me, well, I did it this way and then I went back. No, right. once you feel how great the clean fast is, you want to keep doing it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Makes all the difference in the well, world. Well, I'm so glad. So you say you, you you don't have a big diet history. So you were a little bigger growing up, but you still didn't diet. No, I, I I tried some things when I was little that were dumb, like a short stint of bulimia when I was in, oh. I think, junior high or early high school. And then when I was even younger than that, I was trying to eat like just white rice and riding my bike all the time. And none of that really did anything for me. And I didn't really have any problem with how I looked until... I had a, there was a boy I had a crush on who commented on how jiggly my thighs were. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and then, then, um, thanks boy. Yeah. Or boy from the past. He planted oh, my an ugly seed. Yeah. I was laughing when you said the rice diet was a thing. I mean, that was like a real thing, like the Kempner rice diet yeah. out of like Duke university or something. So you, maybe you heard somebody talking about that. You're like, I'm going to try it. But yeah, it's funny how those little seeds that get planted when we're young, like jiggly thighs. Like I remember someone made fun of how white my legs are at some point. And I've always, I was always so self-conscious. I can remember what I was wearing and where I was standing. I had this little pleated skirt and it was off white. And I guess it probably was not a good color choice for some very pale Southern girl legs. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, ever since then, I've been subconscious about my white legs. Oh yeah, of course. Well, I, so my mom, passed away when I was little. I had a stepmother who, because of my, I'm so sorry. Oh, thank you. Because of my emotional stuff from my mom having died, I did not want a relationship with my stepmom. And I think that she and her mom, my grandma, were maybe a little concerned about where I was going to get my influence on how to be a girl and how to handle girl life. So they, my grandmother gifted me with a um, subscription to Seventeen magazine when I was like fifteen, and that yeah. was another. I remember that magazine. We all read that, didn't we? Yeah, and that was another one. You know, everybody's so thin and 
perfect and beautiful and talking about all the things to look that way. And that was an influence as well. I know they meant well, but I can definitely point to that as being not the greatest seed either. (laughs) We all face stress in our daily lives. What if the answer to a better stress response is in one key nutrient? I'm talking about magnesium and specifically magnesium breakthrough by by optimizers. This one-of-a-kind product is designed to reverse low levels of magnesium, which could have a positive effect on our stress response. But don't take my word for it. Here's a quote from a 2020 issue of the scientific journal Nutrients. Results suggest that stress could increase magnesium loss, causing a deficiency. And, in turn, magnesium deficiency could enhance the body's susceptibility to stress, resulting in a magnesium and stress vicious circle. I only recommend Magnesium Breakthrough by Bioptimizers. It's the only organic full-spectrum magnesium supplement that includes seven unique forms of magnesium for stress resilience and better sleep. Simply go to bioptimizers.com slash ifstories promo code IFSTORIES10 to get your magnesium breakthrough and find out this month's gift with purchase. That's bioptimizers.com slash IFSTORIES, promo code IFSTORIES10. If you've been listening to my podcast for a while, you know what a fan I am of Dr. Tim Spector and the work he's doing with Zoe. I was first introduced to his work in 2015, and I've been following his research ever since. What I love most about the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast is that they have weekly interviews with world-leading experts who explain how their latest research can benefit your health. Recently, I was thrilled to finally meet him face-to-face as we recorded an episode for the Zoe Science and Nutrition podcast, and this episode aired on on April 11th. We had a chance to talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study, and I had the opportunity to explain the clean fast to Jonathan, which may explain why he didn't enjoy his prior experiences with fasting. Search for Zoe Science and Nutrition on your podcast player or on YouTube to hear the latest episode, and don't forget to look for the April 11th episode to hear me, Tim, and Jonathan talk about the world's biggest intermittent fasting study. I get it. Yeah, but I remember looking at it and I never looked like those girls either. Never. Yeah. You know, I guess it was supposed to be aspirational or whatever, but all it did was make us feel bad in comparison from a young age. Yes, absolutely. So any little thing that I did try didn't do much for me. I I did thin out a little bit as I got into like late high school and then in, in college a little bit and just very slowly afterward. And that was mostly just from walking and some lifestyle changes because I grew up on quite a bit of processed foods and stuff. So I wasn't taking the best stuff into my body in the first place. And it helped to just start eating more whole foods and walk when I could. And I actually got in the best shape I had been in when I, right before I met my husband, I had started doing HIT high intensity interval training and only for like three minutes a day. Like I would run in place for 20 seconds and then, or 30 seconds and I'd stop for 20 seconds and then run in place for 30 seconds and stop. And I did that for like three minutes a day. And for some reason that like really worked for me. I was dropping pounds and looking slim. And by the time I was getting my wedding dress for my wedding, the tailor had to change it quite a bit a few months after I bought it because I I kept losing inches. (laughs) 
well, now I want to try that. That's a, I could do that. That sounds so easy. It was easy. And I loved it because I had never loved running. I've never loved like working out in a gym. And so that was pretty neat that that worked for me. But then that again was something that didn't later on, you know, after the yeah, giving birth. And that's when I was like, why isn't this stuff working anymore? And I don't want to go to a gym and I don't want to start doing any kind of calorie counting and macros and all that stuff. I've never, ever even wanted to attempt that. And there's so many things that are a part of our lifestyle that I enjoy so much, like the sourdough bread that I bake. And I love cooking, nourishing, delicious food. And I just couldn't imagine cutting any of that out for whatever reason. And Fasting was definitely a dream because I had always wondered if there could be maybe anything out there that would allow me to not have to change anything about how I'm eating and not make me have to go to the gym. I don't have time for that anyway, and make me not have to not have to eat when I don't want to because I get really busy and I don't like to stop to eat. It would it's it annoys me. It would annoy me sometimes to want to work on something all day and then be like, ah, eating is so inconvenient, (laughs) but I know I have to. (laughs) You're exactly right. I remember those days too. And, you know, we've been really, really busy. We're, we're selling the big house, downsizing one more time for the last time, I hope. And I've been moving and the days that the, the day that I did most of my packing before the movers came and the day that the mover was here, I worked like a crazy person and then it was time for dinner and I was irritated that it was time for dinner because I wasn't done yet. Hmm. But I went, I did go ahead and eat dinner because I had worked so hard. I knew I needed to fuel my body. I didn't want to just fast till the next day because who had time for an update? Not me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Those are, but I, you know, yeah. <laughs> they can be time consuming. <laughs> they can. I didn't have time to eat all day, but It really is so much more convenient to not have to stop and eat. Yeah. And I used to be so afraid that if I didn't, I would mess up my metabolism, you know? And so that frustrated me. And to find, to come across fasting and then to understand it the way that you lay it out. I was like, oh my goodness, this actually is that thing. (laughs) Yeah. The clean fast is very, very different. You know, and for anybody who's listening, again, like I said, if you haven't taken the clean fast challenge, if you're not fasting clean, you're low calorie dieting all day. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's hard. And that that can slow your metabolic rate over time. So yeah. The clean fast is really, really different. All right. So when you when you got started after you'd had your four kids, 2020, do you remember what your your high weight was around that time? I was around, I was somewhere between 165 and 170. I've never loved weighing myself. I, I didn't own a scale for many years, but I remember when I had given birth or right before I had given birth, I had gotten up to, of course, around two, somewhere between 190 and 200 pounds with my fourth. And then after post birth, it I think the lowest I could get was somewhere between 165 and 170. And I'm five, six and a half. So that weight on my frame didn't look well. I just, I didn't feel my best at all. And I was heavy and none of my clothes fit. And I was refusing to buy larges, even though I needed to. So I was squeezing into mediums and not looking good and not feeling good. 
Yep. You know, somebody in the community said, posted something about that. I think it was yesterday. She said, here's a tip. If you are squeezing into clothes that don't fit you, get some different clothes. Right. <laughs> but yeah, because it, it doesn't feel good. You know, someone was talking the other day. They said, I want to lose my muffin top. I'm like, here's how to lose your, I didn't say it, but I wanted to say the way to lose, lose your muffin top is have a pair of pants that aren't too tight. Cause I can have a muffin top with, if I put on something that's too tight. Right. right? If you're cinching around your center. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And you know, wearing clothes that fit you, whatever your body is like now, you deserve to feel good in your clothes without feeling like you're stuffed into them. Cause that is a terrible feeling. It is. And I also, I know we shouldn't want to look different for other people that we should mainly do it for ourselves, but I, I wanted to look my best for my husband. He's so handsome and <laughs> he's nice to look at. And I, he's never made me think that I am not beautiful. He's always supported me and made me feel beautiful no matter how I've looked. But I know knowing when you don't look your best, I'm like, I want him to be able to look at me and be like, Hey, nice. <laughs> yeah. You don't feel your best. You you don't want to, you know, get undressed in front of them yes. necessarily. You don't want you know your belly to flop over when you're laying in the bed. Yes. I mean, I know, I know all those feelings. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. So you want to, you want to feel beautiful, even, even though he thought you were beautiful all the time, it's how you feel inside that really matters. Yeah. If you're not feeling it. Right. And it's hard to convince yourself that you are when you know that you could, you could be in a better place. Yep. All right. So you started fasting clean. It was September of 2020. How did that go? Oh, in the beginning, it was uh, hard sometimes. I was one of the people who would get headaches after eating. And I also would get very tired after eating, like, oh my goodness, hit by a truck, tired. And for a while, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. You know, some people in the beginning wonder if if this is going to last forever, if this is what fasting is going to be like. I don't know if I can actually live this way, if I'm going to be out of commission after every time I eat. <laughs> but that did get better. And uh, so I'm assuming that did not, yeah, that did not last forever. No, I think it was, I would say I, it was sometime around the 20, the first month that it started leveling out toward the end of that first month. Yeah. And, and then I'm sure it was, is it fat adaptation that changes that? Okay. It really, really does. And to a lot of people when they're starting off, you know, they try to draw a lot of conclusions during those first 28 days. Like they'll come in and they're new and they're excited. And I love that, you know, being an elementary teacher in my past, I love when people are excited about something, but then they're like, you know, (laughs) trying to draw these conclusions. Like I'm on day three and I realized that if I blah, 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 then blah, 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 you know, fill in the blank with anything. And I'm like, all right, that's great. But yeah, <laughs> what's the, the way you're feeling on day three is not the way you're going to feel on day 33. Right. So try to hold off on making sweeping pronouncements yet. And maybe that, that'll be true forever for you, but maybe it won't. Right. Yeah. So you're getting headaches at the beginning after eating. Those are called postprandial headaches. If you oh. want to read about it, it has to do with the change in your, you know, change in your blood sugar and, and your body's learning how to do something new. And so it, it does get better. Don't judge fasting on the first month. Yeah. That's my advice. Yeah. I, I appreciate that advice because 
I see the difference that it makes with so many people too, when they're expecting to lose a bunch of weight really quickly. And, and it's so true. Your body is going through so much adjustment during that first month. You can't put any kind of expectation on what your results are going to be that are tangible within those weeks. Absolutely. Or even like I said, how you're feeling. And in my new book that's coming out in December, 28 day fast start day by day, um, which is officially available for pre-order, by the way, everybody. It's so exciting. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that was going to happen. And then last week I got an email from my editor that it was on, you know, on sale on pre-order at Barnes and Noble just for like three days. But this book is filling a need for people who they might even have fast feast repeat, but they have, it's, there's so much information in there. This is just like holding their hand for 28 days mm-hmm. and walking them through that it's going to be hard, what to expect. And hopefully it'll fill that need. This is the book, Sarah, that if you have a friend that wants to start intermittent fasting, but they don't want to read fast feast repeat, this is the book you might give a friend. Yeah. It'll be the one. That's what I really am envisioning. Well, I, this will be the book you, you give out. Yes. <laughs> I have already encountered friends who needed that book when I tried to get them hooked on fasting before. And there are just everyone that I've shared fasting with so far, they just haven't had any interest in really digging in. And I'm trying to tell them like, you're missing these giant gold nuggets that are just waiting for you inside fast feast repeat and inside like the real genuine way of fasting. And they will try for a little bit, but they'll never read the, your book and, um, and then, you know, fall off. They just keep stopping just like many yep. people struggle. That is the with. whole point of this new book. Yeah. The the whole reason I wrote it. And I, I told my editor after I wrote Fast Feast Repeat, she's like, now what's your next fasting book going to be? And I said, I am never writing another fasting book. And I meant it. Yeah. Because I said everything I wanted to say in Fast Feast Repeat. But then as time went by, I was like, you know, that book is very, very complete to the point that it it is too complete for some people who are not ready for that on day one, mm-hmm. which is why the, the new book came about because I was like the teacher in me realized there was a need for just a little more gentle start. Yeah. You know, just, you know, every day they check off. I did not wait a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I'm not even kidding because, you know, I want people to really focus on, you know, the fast start, but I hope it helps a lot of people. That's my goal. Oh, I believe it will. So when you started, you were having the headaches, you were tired after eating that got a little bit better. How was your weight loss? I, lost pretty slowly. I've always been what the people in the community call a turtle. And I lost a lot of inflammation though, very quickly. I could tell right before I started fasting, when I was, you know, at my, my heaviest before starting, my oldest daughter came up to me while I was cooking at the stove and she was like, are you pregnant again? (laughs) <laughs> oh no. I was like, no, that's not a baby this time. <laughs> and uh that's mommy's tummy. Yeah, that's mommy's tummy. <laughs> Bless how old was she at that point? Let's see, she's 12 now. And so that she I think she was tw- nine because I've been fasting yeah. for like two and a, a little over two and a half years. But I had after my fourth child, I had pretty bad diet. Uh, I never pronounce it correctly. 
diastasis recti. It's something recti. Yeah, yeah. I can only say the recti part. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when you have, it's, it's like your, your muscle separates a little bit yeah. right there on your abdomen, right? Yep. And I always had that a little bit with my others, but this time it was pretty bad. And it was, I had a herniated belly button as well. And so it's like my stomach had some had some problems. <laughs> it was yeah. not holding together. Thanks, kids. Yeah. We love you, but <laughs> this is what I did. We are for never you. the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm literally inside out now, children. Yeah, Thank pretty you. much. <laughs> <laughs> and so I I noticed changes when I was fasting those first months, even though the scale was moving slowly. I I saw my neck changed, my neck was getting thinner and I was starting to see my jawline more. And then the next change would be like those flaps on my back where my bra is, were going away. And then it was my thighs and in my arms, it was just different places all the time. Like people have said happens to them as well. And my stomach just hung out though. It took a long time. <laughs> Your body was like, look, we don't know. You may have another baby soon. We're not even going to go there Just yet. hang out here for a while, just in case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's, our stomach's like, we're, we're done. We're just giving up. Uh, yeah, <laughs> this is too much. <laughs> the weight comes off where it comes off, right? Yep. You can't pick and choose. Mm-hmm. It's going to start with your neck. All right, you know, thank you for starting with my neck, but I was really hoping for belly. Yes, belly would be nice, but it did come eventually. I think by, I'm going to look at a few of my notes because I did take some measurements and stuff here and there. It took me a year, a year after I started fasting, I was down to my lowest, which was 132. And my waist was down to around 30, 31 and a half inches. Um, and then after that, I started putting weight back on, I was going up to, uh, I went up about 10 pounds and that was after a very stressful year. My husband, uh, was laid off last year and we went through six months of unemployment and our barn blew over from terrible wind. And there was just several things that happened that year that were like, oh, this is bumpy. And I stress gained and it was like fluffy weight. It wasn't any kind of recomposition stuff. And so, oh yeah. Yeah, right. it was. Stress does that. You know, that is absolutely, we started seeing that in, in the early days of the pandemic. People who had been weight stable, maintaining with intermittent fasting, all of a sudden started gaining weight. And so we were like, well, what's happening? And we, we started really looking into stress. Stress does cause us to be more likely to gain weight because our body is like, well, something bad's happening. I better get ready. Better store some fat up in case I need it. Yes. It's biological, but it doesn't feel good when it's happening. No, it doesn't. And I wish that we could tell our bodies don't worry. This isn't about like life or death survival. You don't have to pile on pounds just in case. <laughs> we kind of can by you know, things like meditation, mm. tapping, yes. which I wish I were better at tapping because I, I know Me it's too. a great technique and it's well research based, but I just can't get into doing it. I, I really need to, Yeah, but med- I'm trying, I have on my, my calendar, like every day I have things I do every day. And one of them, I have meditation on there. So I am taking time every day, most days 
to do a short meditation. And I think that that really helps. Yeah. I have really appreciated learning about emotional freedom technique tapping, the EFT tapping. But yeah, like you, it's one of those things that's not really, I'm not great about implementing it on a regular basis. I do it when I can tell, like, I really need to calm down kind of thing, but daily would be so beneficial. I just don't do it that often. Well, I might, I might start pulling it out again. I'm not sure. I'm listening to a book right now. Um, I just got this app that has all of Hay House books on it. And it's like a very reasonable yearly fee. It's the Hay House app. But I'm listening to a book called Bliss Brain by Dawson Church. And I think he's a big EFT guy. So I'm just on chapter one right now. But he talks about EFT and tapping. So maybe he will inspire me to start doing it again. But the book is Bliss Brain. And I just actually have to chuckle a little bit because I started listening to it this morning. The foreword is written by Dave Asprey (laughs) of Bulletproof Coffee fame. And I just, right before we recorded, I was listening to part of chapter one where Dawson Church, the author, is talking about how he does intermittent fasting and has his butter coffee every morning. Oh, dear. (laughs) And I was like, no, no, no. <laughs> but he, you know, he knows he knows Dave Asprey. I'm like, stop with the butter coffee. I'm like talking to the book. But anyway, so <laughs> I may be pulling out the tapping again. But managing stress is just one of those things because then the managing of the stress starts to feel like another stress because like there's meditation on my calendar and I can't do it because I got too much to do. And then you're stressed about the stress. Right. Even more. Yep. It's an ugly cycle sometimes. It is. It is. So you you gained about 10 pounds. Are you still up those 10? I am, but I started doing ADF, alternate day fasting at the beginning of this year to bust through that. And I thought that was going to mean that my body would go back down to that low that I, that I hit around 132 and it wasn't changing. My weight wasn't changing even after like six to eight weeks of ADF. And I was a little frustrated about that at first, but then I did notice that my, I have a pair of snowboarding pants that I've had since I was 16 and back then they were tight on me. Like I, it was uncomfortable to wear them all day, but it was the size that I insisted on wearing, I guess. And now they're loose on me. And when I was, yeah, (laughs) when I was 16, I was about uh, 145. And so now I'm 140 and those, those pants are loose on me and they have no stretch, no stretch whatsoever. And um, so I am going to gently tell you that where you are right now is probably where your body wants to be. Yeah. Because that it's the weight, if you're at that weight that you were at the age of 16 and, but, but the pants are loose mm-hmm. from when you were 16, you're smaller than you were when you were 16. I think this is probably, probably your spot. Yeah, I think you're right. And I definitely am noticing some recomposition in other ways. A funny one is I, I've always had a flat, non-existent butt (laughs) and I have been growing one for some reason. My body has decided to put some muscle there, I guess, or something. And so clothes are fitting me. Here, Sarah, here's a butt for you. Yeah, right. (laughs) I'll take a butt for 10 pounds. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's so funny. You're getting a whole different body shape. I mean, I have a whole different body shape than I did when I was younger. Like it, my fasting completely shaped me differently. I don't understand why, but I'll mm-hmm. take it. I like it better. <laughs> yeah. Same here. My body changed too, of course, from birth. My I've always had a very straight body and now I actually kind of have hips a little bit. So I don't mind that either. I never really loved that. I looked like a stick. (laughs) Yeah. Got a little curves now. We're supposed to be curvy, right? Yeah. (laughs) Those babies make our hips a little wider. Yep. But I'm still doing ADF because I'm enjoying it. And I, I like the autophagy that I believe is happening in the um, body recomposition. And I tried when I was fasting earlier on, I had tried mealless Monday here and there, and that was so hard for me. I didn't think I would ever, ever do ADF. I could not sleep if I didn't eat for the day, and my body just didn't feel good doing it. I would try to take melatonin so I could sleep, but like you, I get sick from it. I wake up crazy, like I'm, yeah. yeah, like I'm hung over the next morning, and it's so yucky. I can't. It ruins my whole day. So when I started doing ADF, I was a little apprehensive, but it's amazing how much more ready my body was for that at this time, a couple of years into fasting, as opposed to in those first months when I was doing some down days. That's a really, really important lesson as well. And just as you can't judge how fasting is going to be for you long-term by the way you feel the first month, the same is true about ADF if you try it early. Just like you said, the the more experienced you get, the longer you've been fasting, the more metabolically flexible your body is going to be. So if you tried ADF, a year ago and you didn't like it, that doesn't mean you're not going to like it today. Right. So I think that's a really, really good point. So you're actually enjoying the routine. What does your week look like? I usually do a down day on Sundays and Tuesdays. Sometimes I do Thursdays as well. So I get a down day in two or three times a week. And most of the time I do the 500 calorie mini meal option because I do sleep a little better when I do that. And I, every once in a while, I'll do a full down day. If I've had like a few days of lots of extra eating or my husband and I had a couple glasses of wine and I feel like I want to deplete my glycogen stores a little faster, but I, uh, yeah, usually do that mini meal. And then the next day I just enjoy a lot of nourishing food. I'm really big on just I've always loved preparing food that's delicious and that makes me feel so good after I eat it and that I know is providing my body what it needs. And so after a down after an up day, I feel pretty good. I don't feel sluggish or anything and part of that is probably due to my body just doing well with the fasting lifestyle, but I don't really struggle as some like some people do with feeling horrible when they eat all day. And I think you know, the down day before that has a lot to do with that, of course. And it's probably also a whole lot to do with your food quality Mm -hmm. and what you're choosing Mm -hmm. to eat. Because, you know, you mentioned that when you grew up, you were raised on ultra processed foods. Yeah. When did you make the shift towards Weston Price and real foods? What, what spurred you along on that? The biggest one was when I When I got married, my husband's aunt, who is um, a kind of natural practitioner, she gave me the Weston A. Price Foundation Nourishing Traditions book. 
Yep, I've got that book. Yeah. And at first when I got that, I was like, oh my gosh, this is a giant book of so much information that is really overwhelming. And I kind of avoided it for a while, but then I kind of dabbled in it here and there and sort of like how I dabbled in IF a little bit before I really dove in. I eventually got to the point where I was hungry for everything that they, that book had to offer. And I read so much. Um, I mean, I've read everything in it and I have, I slowly started adapting, uh, just starting to do a lot of the different stuff in the book that has to do with like soaking your grains and all your beans and things so that they're more easily digestible and practically pre-digested for you. And I got into the sourdough baking and just really a lot more concerned about the quality of our food and what we were eating and stuff. So that has, that's where it started. And it just has continued to evolve over time to, for me to take it more and more seriously. Yeah, that is, you know, I, I had a giant library at our house in Augusta. It was a big, big house. And it actually literally had a library and I had so many books in it. And then when we moved and downsized, I was very, very cheesy about what I brought with me. But nourishing traditions is one of the things yeah. that made the cut. And as we've downsized one more time, it's made the cut again. It's just one, you know, it's it's really a classic. So if anybody's like, what in the world is that? I've never seen it. It's one I would encourage anybody to get. And you're going to want the mm-hmm. the hard copy. You're, you're not going to want to get this one on a Kindle. Oh, yeah. So this is one you got to hold in your hands. Yeah. And when the copy that I got was had gotten wet from a vase spilling that had water on it and it was sitting on the table and one of the kids accidentally spilled a vase. And so it got all wrinkly and stuff and it thankfully dried out. I still have the same copy, but I was like, oh, I guess I could have bought another one, but I guess this one's kind of sentimental. You got the wrinkly one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I have a wrinkly yeah. one. <laughs> well, it got you started. It, you know, I really, I understand that. It's, it was instrumental in changing your life and your kids are growing up eating real food and that, that is setting them up for a whole different life than, than you and I started off with. Yeah, I hope so. And they're definitely all very healthy. So I think they are definitely getting a good start. <laughs> I love that. So tell me about your husband. He has continued with his intermittent fasting. Yeah, he, he did tone up a lot. I think his body fat percentage went down and he can lose weight so easily in the first place. His metabolism is so crazy. So he still works hard on getting enough food in. He was doing 18.6 for a while, but then he had to back it off to around like 16 or 17 hours of fasting because he just wasn't able to get enough food in that window when it was shorter, but he needs a longer window. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And he's appreciating the increased human growth hormone. He likes to do push-ups and some other exercise things where he, and with the increased human growth hormone, he doesn't have to work out excessively to look like he has muscle, you know? So it's pretty cool to see how he can put on some extra muscle and not have to be taking like crazy supplements to do it. And it's pretty cool. The natural increase in human growth hormone really is amazing. Mm-hmm. Same, same with me. I just mentioned we've been moving and for about a week, I've been hauling really heavy things. Our condo is on the third floor and there's no elevator. <laughs> so I am like, I'm like, when we looked at it and I was like, I love it. 
and no one's above us. And I don't care that there's not an elevator. And then when I'm moving the boxes, I'm like, why? Why? <laughs> just in one week. I know that sounds insane, but I believe it. it. I can tell a difference. Just, yeah. Because I've also been fasting a little extra, not because I'm trying to, but just busyness. Uh-huh. So a little extra fasting, a little more exercise, and it really has just paid off. Yeah. So, thank you, body. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> You're very cool. Yeah. Yeah, but our bodies are amazing. Mm-hmm. So tell me what it means when you say that you homestead. Oh, we, another name for it is like farmstead. It's kind of a way of saying small farm. We try to okay. produce a lot of what we consume on our own. So we, I have a big garden every year and I don't buy many vegetables from the store, even through the winter, because I do like fermenting and I do, I freeze and I dehydrate whatever comes out of our garden. And we have pigs for meat and uh, we have goats for milk. And we also use some of them for meat too. And my husband does all of our butchering. That's not a requirement for having a homestead, but it definitely makes it very cost efficient for us, for him to be the one to process our animals and we have, the- and you know exactly what your animals were fed. Yes. You know how they were cared for. I mean, you really know what you're eating. Yeah, we raise. I love that and treat all of our animals holistically. So it's all about nutrition and prevention of disease and having them live a lifestyle that is healthy for them too. Plenty of space. And, uh, but yeah, we've got ducks and chickens for eggs as well. I was just going to ask about the chickens. I was like, she didn't say chickens. Yeah. We've got those for sure. Yep. Yeah. I've never had a duck's egg. Do y'all eat the duck's eggs? Mm -hmm. They are about one and a half times the size of a chicken egg. And they actually have more nutrition per 100 grams in almost every category than chicken eggs. Yeah. But they do have a slightly... How's the taste? They do have a slightly different taste. They It depends on what they eat, too. If they're in oh, a yeah. pond and they're grabbing at fish and frogs and stuff like that, their eggs are going to taste a little fishy. But with the feed that we give them and them just roaming around our yard, their eggs are pretty... They're pretty neutral. They're not much different than the chicken eggs. Yeah, and they're wonderful for. I'm baking. gonna have to veto a a, fish, a fishy goose egg. I'm gonna have to say <laughs> yeah. no to that. Or <laughs> no to that for sure. I'm not even interested. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. But you know, eggs that you have from from home, they're so much more. Like they're a different color. Like the yolks are different. Yes, right? and the flavor like richer. Yeah, there's so much richer. It, every great once in a while, we've gotten eggs from the store, and every time we do, even our kids complain they're like they don't taste like anything (laughs) and it's like they're anemic (laughs) or something yeah yeah since 2013 bombas has donated over 100 million socks underwear and t-shirts to those facing homelessness if we counted those on air this ad would last over 1157 days but if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible it would take just a few clicks because every time you make a purchase bombas donates an item to someone who needs it Go to bombas.com slash Wondery and use code Wondery for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash Wondery, code Wondery. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move 
or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. And then... Yeah, uh, absolutely. So another thing we like to do for... Um, we like to do a lot of things on our own. We like to make a lot of our own stuff. I do the soaps and the skincare and we make our cleaning products and we, uh, my husband roasts our coffee beans. So we have some really great coffee. He's, he's really got it down to a science. When we first started clean fasting and trying to drink black coffee, it was like, it was too strong because he would always roast it dark. Cause we'd put all that stuff in our coffee and we liked the strong taste. But then when we were trying to drink it black, it was, too much. And so he was like, well, maybe if I lighten up the roast some, and he's, he found a good spot and it's delicious. I love drinking it black now, but I'm really picky about black coffee. I don't like all black coffee for sure. There's plenty of coffee out there. That's not good. <laughs> You're exactly right. Yeah. Like if you are at a gas station or something, you know, it'll do in a pinch, but it's not going to be delicious. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm just so envious of, of the life that you have built there on your farmstead. That sounds really amazing. And y'all are just self-sufficient. You've, your food is delicious. Your food is nutritious. And you know exactly where it came from. Yeah, it does make a lot of difference. I feel like even in the pocketbook, which is helpful for us with a family of six, that's another big reason that we do what we do is to live in a way that's as healthy as possible for all of us that is not expensive because I know that buying stuff that we consume from the store is hard on the pocketbook. So what vegetables are you planting for this season? I'm just so curious. <laughs> I've got pretty much everything. I've got tomatoes and okra and corn and cabbage and beets and cauliflower and broccoli and all kinds of squash and some melons and asparagus. <laughs> I could go on and on. I love wow. doing it all. Yeah. You, do you have corn? Yep. Corn, sweet corn. Yeah. That is one of the greatest things that I remember from growing up. You know, I was a very, very picky eater as a child, but my, my grandfather, he was an architectural engineer, but they had land and he had a garden and planted. And I remember the corn that they would bring in from the field and we would eat it that night for dinner. It was like no corn I'd ever had before. So oh, yeah. I was hoping you had corn. Yeah. It, it's so good. But I, I didn't appreciate the squash. I didn't appreciate, you know, all the other vegetables. I wish I could go back in time and have them. But yeah. now I like them. Oh, yeah. Anything roasted with like a balsamic drizzle or something is delicious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <Huh. laughs> so do you think you're going to stick with ADF just because you like it? Or, or do you think you'll go back to a daily eating window? What do you think? I have kind of not really landed on a decision there. There's, I've seen a lot of change that I wanted to see in my stomach. Um, and part of that has come after doing ADF. 
I don't know if it has helped with some of the loose skin and, and autophagy that was needed. I no longer have a herniated belly button. That went away um, wow. probably, I think, six months into fasting or so, which was nice. But I, I also did, over the past year, some diastasis recti exercises. What The only one that really helped the most was a vacuum stomach exercise. Have you heard of that one? I have not. It's where you, (laughs) the best way I can describe it is you basically imagine pulling your belly button all the way to your spine. And it's like, you're sucking in as much as you possibly can while you're standing, or you could do it while you're laying down, but it's like envision pulling your belly button and touching your spine. And there's something about that. I'm doing it now. Yeah, (laughs) You actually, if you're doing it right, and sometimes you don't really feel it until you put your arms up, but if you're doing it right, you should actually feel the muscle tension all the way around your back. And it's just a really deep core exercise that engages those deep core muscles. And that I've noticed has helped a little too, but I do think that ADF is helping with some autophagy that and body recomposition that I've been wanting to see around my midsection, especially. And if I could get to where I want to be there, I would stop doing ADF and just work on maintenance, but we'll see if, if I find that my body isn't going to change much more, I'm okay with it. I, I feel good. I feel good in everything that I'm wearing. I, I look good. Like I'm not, I'm not disappointed in where I have come to, I just, it would be nice to, to tone up a little bit more in the midsection mostly. Oh, I get it. I think every woman out there is like, yes. <laughs> yeah. Don't we, <laughs> we all want to do that? <laughs> yeah. But I found a, um, in the old delay, don't deny advanced Facebook group, I found an archived post of someone who was a little bit shorter than me, who's 10 pounds heavier than me. And she looks incredible. And I know that for me, I could have, I can have some trouble with body dysmorphia where when you see yourself, you just don't see yourself the way that other people see you. You're much more critical and it it changes the, the lenses. And I look at her post and I'm like, oh my gosh, she's 10 pounds heavier than me. And she looks amazing. And here I am trying to get down to back down to 132 or something, 130. And I've really done a lot of revisiting of my mindset uh, about my expectations and I'm becoming more comfortable with where my body is truly happy. Yeah. I think if we just went poof, no more scales, yeah. <laughs> then people would, would really be a lot happier sooner yeah. in their body. And that's why I don't weigh. It's not because you know, I don't want to know. It's just because I don't want to be unhappy with my body. And I know that a scale number would do that mm-hmm. to me. And so I, I refuse to have that information in my brain. Yeah, so. <laughs> I don't. I still, I, you even told me when I posted in the, the support group. In the community? Yeah, the community recently. Uh, it was a month or so ago when I said, I've been doing ADF for uh, six or eight weeks. I can't remember what it was. And I haven't seen a change on the scale and you commented on how I had weighed just that one day and how I need to get a couple of weighings in 
per week when I'm doing ADF and look for an average. And even that I couldn't get myself to do. I got an average for one week and it was still, you know, staying around the same. But then I was like, I know that something good is happening because of my clothes and because of some changes that I see with my eyes. And I just can't let this scale into my head. So I'm going to just stay off of it and keep going. <laughs> I think you're at the point of the, of your journey where the scale is irrelevant mm-hmm. unless you started gaining. I think like, so. I think that you, I think you're at the stage of maintenance slash body recomposition where the scale is not going to give you any, any important feedback. And honestly, you may be like me, someone who can just rely on, like you've got those honesty ski pants from when you were 16. That is what I I want you to like, stop with the scale. And those ski pants will tell you if you're gaining weight and you'll know. So freedom from, from that number, because I I think you're right, you know, where you're going to be on the scale. And you may get a little smaller thanks to autophagy, thanks to body recomposition, you know, eating up that extra skin, that what the autophagy mm-hmm. would do. But I don't think you're going to get noticeably lower on the scale. Yeah. There would be uh, a few months ago, I probably would have wanted to argue with you in my head about that, but <laughs> I can genuinely well, you can argue agree. With me in your head if you want to. <laughs> But you're, the only reason I'm saying it is because I've just watched so many people over the years fight the battle at the end. And it's it's the battle between what the scale says and what they think the scale should say. Right. And and the only reason I really, really know it is because I fought that battle back in 2017. And yeah. <laughs> so I, I, I understand that battle well, completely from my own point of view. And and so I can I can understand it from yours. Yeah. It's encouraging to know that even after you got rid of the scale, your size continued to change. And I know that that may not happen for me, but just knowing that IF is always doing something, it didn't stop. And even if your body isn't changing, it didn't stop doing wonderful things for your health either. Absolutely. Well, we are almost out of time. What would you tell someone just starting out with intermittent fasting or what do you wish you knew when you first started? I would say put in the effort to really understand the value of fasting because there are so many things out there that are options for us to lose weight faster or to see results that we think we want to see. But I understanding what fasting does for our bodies is amazing to me. I just can't think of anything else I would want to do that would offer me everything that IF does for my body inside and out. And that gives me the freedom to enjoy food and, you know, to love eating. It's not like I don't allow myself to enjoy food anymore. I enjoy it more than I ever did. So yeah. And I, I know that when you really understand it and you take the time to to absorb the knowledge, you stick with it. And also the support group is the, the, uh, I'm sorry, the community is what you call it <laughs> is amazing because you and the moderators are so wonderful about staying on top of all the misinformation that's out there from every direction that tries to tell people how to fast that isn't the best thing for them or that is selling them something. And I appreciate that so much yeah, as well. Yeah, that's the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. The hard, literally the hardest part of my job is running around countering things people are bringing in from other places. Uh-huh. Like, st- do not watch YouTube videos. They're going to confuse you. And it's just, you can get inside your head. I mean, look, if you want to follow 
fasting guru, XYZ, whoever that is, go follow the heck out of them, but don't bring their crap to me. Uh-huh. <laughs> you go go to them and ask them those questions. If yes. you want to follow them, follow them. I don't mind. But if if you would like to follow me, I'm going to tell you what I think is true. Yeah. And so I don't want to argue with this other third party fasting guru. I, I'm telling you what I think. So anyway, yeah. that's, <laughs> you know, I, I just, I think I, I know what I've seen work for so many people and, um, I, I love the community because it's such a great supportive place. And I'm so glad that you are part of it, Sarah. I've really enjoyed talking to you today. And thank you so much for sharing your story. I've loved talking with you too. And it's been an honor to chat with you. Thank you for having me. Do you have an intermittent fasting story to tell? Email me at jen at intermittentfastingstories.com and I'll add you to the lineup. That's G-I-N at intermittentfastingstories.com. The world wants to hear your story. That's it for today. Remember, I may have a doctorate, but I'm not a medical doctor. So don't use anything you hear on this podcast as a substitute for medical advice. Please always check with your doctor or healthcare provider if you have medical questions. I'll talk to you next week, Fasting Family, where we will hear another inspiring story. Have a great week and fast on. Intermittent Fasting Stories is edited, mixed, and mastered by Resonate Recordings. To learn more, visit them at ResonateRecordings.com or email them at hello at ResonateRecordings.com. Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast. Behind every successful business is a story, and some of them might surprise you. Like how Chobani's first yogurt factory was discovered on a piece of junk mail, or how the founder of the multi-million dollar cosmetics brand Drunk Elephant was told by everyone, including her own mother, that the name sounded like a dive bar. I'm Guy Raz, and on my show How I Built This, I talk to founders behind the world's biggest companies and brands to learn the real stories of how they built them. In each episode, you'll hear entrepreneurs share moments of doubt and failure and talk about how they were able to overcome them on their way to the top. How I Built This is like a masterclass in innovation and creativity, a how-to guide for navigating life's challenges from the people who've done it all. Follow How I Built This on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to How I Built This early and ad-free right now on Wondery Plus.